Welcome to Iconic Talk. This is your community's podcast with conversations about real estate, local happenings, and all things Winchester, Virginia. I'm Mark Francis, a local realtor, broker, and owner at Icon Real Estate. And I'm Madison Kilmer, a local realtor and part of the Icon Real Estate team. Mark and I are so excited to share everything that we love about Winchester, Virginia with you. And we want you to be informed, savvy real estate consumers in today's ever-changing market. Yep. If you want local knowledge, you've come to the right place. And yes, second week in a row, you're hearing the voice of Miss Madison Kilmer. Yes. Welcome back. Thank you. It's so exciting. And yes, Megan is still with us and she's taking a, a mini sabbatical and break and we're excited to have her come back. This is episode 97. So welcome to episode 97, everyone. Madison, episode number two for you. Yes. But that's perfectly <laughs> acceptable. I'm excited. What happened in your life last week? Is there anything special that has been going on with you and your world? Tell us. I have two listings for rentals. I've got uh, one on... Daniel Terrace and one above uh, our office here at Icon. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so I've just been working on those, marketing, doing some stuff on social media, trying to get the word out, um, and working on some photography to get those listed and marketed well. What about you? I bet that feedback about the rental market last week is kind of giving you a bit of a boost, I would think. Yeah. It is. It was very on brand for uh-huh. what I had coming Yes, up. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, I don't know, man. I had a busy weekend last week. It was an entire family week where we watched my son run at state, tra- uh, state track meet in Lynchburg, where he finished eighth, considered all state. So eighth in the state for a 3,200 race. That was a big deal. Yeah. He's excited about that. And then he did a college tour where he's going to go run at Marist College in New York, uh, upstate New York. Well, it's not really upstate, but it's Poughkeepsie um, up the Hudson River. So we went from Lynchburg to New York and back all within a 48-hour period. So that was my weekend. Well, it was exciting. big. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it's crazy to think that like... People are like, well, you're going to be an empty nester now. And I don't even know what that means. We shall see. But it makes me feel old, so I don't even want to talk about it. Anyway, moving on to, to our episode today. I'm, I'm kind of excited. I'm going to have a little role reversal here. Yes, yeah? I'm excited. So tell us what you have in store. So today we will be interviewing Mark, and we are going to talk about what it's like to be a broker oh on boy. the other side of the transaction. Oh boy. Um, so I have construed some questions that I have been interested to know about as wow. well. Wow. Okay. All right. So what is it like to be a broker? That's the kind of the key topic of the day, right? I yes. mean, I don't even know. I mean, how do you start? I'm just going to let you lead the ship here. So fire away. What okay. does the general public want to know about a real estate broker? Uh, well, so first, what is a broker? <laughs> That's a good question to start I mean, just, with. A, just a broad overview. Yeah. What are you? Uh, that, that's a good question. Man, you're going to grill me here. I need to go study up on this. <laughs> um, really, a real estate broker is someone who is more experienced in the real estate world as an agent. So it takes a certain level of transactions and years and uh, a different level of training and education to be eligible for being a broker, then you have to take another test to get your broker's license. So it's very similar to being a real estate agent. It's actually no different as far as like what your overall roles are as how how you help uh, a client in the world. It just says that you are a more experienced and have more education in the real estate world. So However, that's the simple definition of it. However, 
as a real estate agent, any licensed agent has to hang their license with a real estate company, an agency. So you have to have a real estate broker run that company in order for you, a licensed agent, to work there. So there's not any way, shape, or form in the industry where uh, a general buyer or seller wants to just give Madison Kilmer money because she did such a great job in helping mm -hmm. rent a house or buy a house or sell a house. That money has to get filtered through a real estate agency. So yes, we are Icon Real Estate, so I'll just keep using that as an example. So any money that um, Madison, you get paid for to, of how you've helped a client out comes from the company, comes from Icon Real Estate. So a client cannot give you money. That's uh, against the rules because then there, there could be different uh, issues that go into that. I'm not going to get into the legal ramifications, but the, the client will be paying Icon Real Estate, who is run by a broker. The broker oversees that. So um, that's kind of, the, in a nutshell, a broker. Now, there's different kind of titles of a broker. I'm going to be getting into the weeds here for you, right? So there's different titles of a broker. If you just get your broker's license and still work for an agency yet have no responsibility, you're an associate broker. Then there's a level of a broker that's basically considered a managing broker. So if you work for a really large agency and um, there's a hierarchy of a structure of people who you're reporting to as, a, as an agent, a managing broker is one who's essentially running the company. Then you also have the principal broker is kind of what you would call the top dog. That's somebody who is running the company, might own the company or run the franchise if it's a franchise firm. And the principal broker is ultimately kind of the one who has all the responsibility in calling the shots. So there's different levels um, of being a broker. And it doesn't mean you have... Once you get your broker's license, you're, you're, you're good. You keep doing your continuing education and you'll always have your broker's license. So that's question number one in a nutshell, breaking it down for you. Uh, and I feel like that people in the general public don't understand the real estate world. Yeah. So when people ask me who you are to me, I'm like, that's my boss. Yeah. Yeah. That's and fair. And I mean, you have the role... When you come to, I guess we're 1099, so, but other than that, when it comes to your role, you're basically, you're, you're the boss. You, you're the one that answers the questions. If we have any legal issues, any transactional questions, you are the one that we go to. Yeah, and legal is, uh, well, a loose term because, yeah, I'm not a licensed lawyer. Yes. So as we look at the real estate contracts, any legal things, we're all going to go to a lawyer, but when it comes to the real estate um, applications of things and talking about the contracts and paperwork. Um, yeah, you're right. Your agents are all independent contractors mm -hmm. um, where they still have to hang their hat and hang their license at a real estate company. And the broker is the one who ultimately has all the responsibilities on his or her back. Here's another little interesting tidbit because whenever um, a buyer or a seller is using an agent and yes they signed a paper signed paperwork to say that yes that agent is representing them as a buyer or yes that agent is representing them as a seller 
um, what you'll see is that it's not necessarily the agent representing them. It's mm -hmm. the company. It's the firm who is representing them as a, um, as a real estate representative, as an agent. And so because of that, yes, it's the licensed agent. Yes, Madison is helping that client out, but ultimately it is the firm's responsibility. And then ultimately it's the broker's responsibility in the end. Yeah. So really, yes, whenever you have a client, Madison, it's your client. And then it's also my client yeah. because I'm the principal broker. And so if things go bad, <laughs> if things go wrong, and if there's complications and if there's issues and if there's disagreements about clients and they come for you, Madison, because they say you did something wrong, ultimately they can come for me as well. So we partner together with most clients and just make sure that like there's, um, you know, things are going well. Yeah, and that's why it's nice to have a, a broker that is invested and present because as a new agent, there's been a lot of times that I need to be walked through mm -hmm. a lot of the a lot of the process. And um you've always been more than willing to help me with that so I can learn, but also because like you said, I'm representing you at the end. Yeah. Um it, Yeah, that that's true. And so being present, being available, being helpful, I try to I try to be all those things for people, <laughs> sure. Um, but available as well. And again, I'm not, as somebody who's a broker, I'm not going to be in communication with every client. Yeah. That's the agent's job. Yeah. So, I mean, as we're talking about Icon and your role, um, why did you decide to start your own brokerage versus climbing the ladder at an established corporate, corporate company? Yeah. And um, how many local brokerages are there around here uh, sticks out, right? yeah you know for the records of this year right now there's about 36 37 38 or so agencies who are on record of having done transactions who have their address in this local area okay. in winchester frederick county um it's a lot it's a lot and there's a lot of agents as well i mean we're talking well over 300 agents who are out there doing business as well yeah um so I did get started with a, um, a franchise when I first got started as, a, as an agent. And it was a big, big agency at the time. A lot of incoming agents and a lot of fresh young people were out there hustling. And it was the height of the market. And ultimately, I just realized that I didn't need to start paying franchise fees I didn't need to pay transaction fees. I didn't need to have desk duty. I didn't need to do all these different things that a lot of large local franchise firms were were asking, and, and even this one that I worked for. Um, and I, I realized quickly that just with my personality, um, I didn't also need to be around a lot of people. Um, and so I then moved to a different company that was... Um, started by friends of mine who worked with me at the big firm and they branched off and did their own thing. So for many years I, I worked for them and, and saw the ins and outs of what it looked like to kind of have your own individual agency that was not a franchise. Mm -hmm. And I loved that model. And uh, so as far as climbing the ladder, it's funny because in the real estate world, there's not really a ladder to climb. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, you're an agent, or you're a broker and from being a broker standpoint yes any agent after they have kind of checked all the boxes of their, the requirements and taken the test can become a broker and you become an associate broker um does it give you that much more clout in the real world maybe not 
So you're still going under the corporate rule. You would of still that. be working for a managing broker or a principal broker. And they're still telling you exactly what to do and how to do it. Yeah, it, well, so that's the thing. It's not really a telling you how to do it or what to do. By that point in time, you as an agent, once you become an, an associate broker, you know exactly what you're doing mm-hmm. and you know how to market yourself and you know the rules and the ins and outs of how to write contracts and all that kind of stuff. It's really more about why would anybody get their broker's license it's to to show the general public that you are more educated that you have gone through um more experienced transactions and you are setting yourself up for a potential ladder growth there there could be a time that if you have the kind of personality and skill set to manage people and you could become a managing broker for a firm that's a possibility mm-hmm. for me i knew that i didn't necessarily it was fun i my my boss, my I say boss, my broker <laughs> at the time actually suggested that I get my broker's license. And I thought that was odd because we were a very small company and not a franchise at the time. And um, I, I took, it took me a couple of years to really say, oh, yeah, I should probably do that. But it wasn't because he told me to. Um, he Again, he, he viewed it from just a clout standpoint and mm-hmm. just to have somebody, uh, you know, around who had an associate broker's license. Maybe he was trying to mold me into being more of a managing broker for him to take off some of the duties. I don't know what his reasoning was of suggesting that to me. I didn't get my broker's license until I kind of turned the page in my real estate world where I was like, you know what? I think working for somebody might not be the end result for me. I think I might want to potentially start my own company and I think I might want to be my own broker. Mm -hmm. It was then when I got my license. But then I still went a couple of years, three, four, five years of having my associate broker's license and just waiting, <laughs> you know, what? waiting for the right time um, and knowing that it takes a lot to start your own company. And was there a right time? Well, did you feel like there was a moment that it clicked? Yeah. So there was a right time. And it, it, it long story short, you well, first of all, you can go back to episode one of Iconic Talk and listen to me and Dave Spence chat about the history of Icon Real Estate. But um, there is a little bit of a ladder that you can think of from just a, you mentioned corporate ladder, right? Yeah. And whenever somebody thinks of corporate ladder, you think more money. You think more responsibility. I'm going to grow. I'm going to be able to have more responsibility and, yeah, make more money. Yeah. Well, in the real estate world, there is... uh, a little bit of a cap of where you can, you might be able to make enough money because in the, as an agent, the agency gets a split, gets a percentage of each commission. Mm-hmm. We don't need to get into the details of that because every agency has their own variety of what those splits look like and how much money the agency takes of any kind of deal versus what the agent takes. But there is a, there is a component of I have an entrepreneurial mind Mm-hmm. And I realized that working for anyone, even if it is a real estate firm who has a broker that basically let me do anything I wanted to do because I was fully capable, mm-hmm. there's a there's just something in the back of my mind that was just like, <laughs> you need to do this on your own. And there's plenty of things that you've learned over the years that you can pass on to other people and import, impart that success to them. So it was a split motivation, one of, yes, 
I could potentially find ways to make more money if I started my own agency. Mm -hmm. But also, I could create a team of people who uh, could help mold into the way that I did things and um, pass on the success to them and allow them to be successful and allow them to make money and then hopefully allow the company to grow to where yeah, it's any business model you want to make money and yeah. you want to be successful. And at the same time, you want to groom people to where they can have success as well. So it sounds like you really wanted to have more purpose. More purpose and more of a long-term success plan. And so I realized that I didn't necessarily want to do that by myself. Mm -hmm. And I knew it wasn't smart to do it by myself because I'm just one person. Yeah. And there's a lot of effort and a lot of work that goes into starting any company. But then from a real estate perspective, um, there's definitely a lot more that goes into it. And, um, and that's where I've always leaned on my friend, Dave Spence, over the years, who was also a successful agent in town, to just bounce ideas off of. And long story short, after five years of chatting with him, I keep saying five years. It could have been more, could have been less, but we were always talking <laughs> and going back and I forth. I feel like as the years go, you still stay with the same. Yeah. Like it's going to be like 10 years down the road and yeah. you're still going to be saying still five years. Still be saying five years. <laughs> that's, that's how long it really was. I feel like that, like, so we were talking and he had his kind of hangups of what, because whenever you move from one job to another, whether it's in a real estate business or not, that's challenging. There's yeah. a lot of work that goes into moving jobs well, and, and starting, starting something yeah. new, right? <laughs> so yes, you would stay in the same industry from going from one agency to another as an agent, but you there's still the fear of the unknown. There's still just jumping ship and, and working for somebody else, but this is not just jumping ship and working for somebody else. It's jumping ship and starting from the ground zero yeah. and try to continue to maintain uh, a business of working with clients at the same time so it's seamless so you don't really lose uh, momentum. So Dave yeah. and I were always going back and forth between when is the right time to do that? When are we um, able to feel like that we're capable of jumping ship to go start our own thing? And there would be some months where I would call him and be like, hey, it's I, I feel like we could do this now. And he would say, Nope, I, I'm not ready yet. Yeah. He would call me and he would say, it's time. And I'm like, Nope, I'm not ready. Yeah. It really wasn't until, um, my wife kicked my butt a little bit <laughs> because one of our biggest hangups was, um, I was a broker and had my broker's license in the state of Virginia, mm -hmm. but I was a real estate agent, but not a broker in the state of West Virginia. And, and here we are in Winchester. We, Everybody is right on the borderline yeah. of attempting to buy a house in Virginia or West Virginia, depending on where you might work, depending on the location, depending on your budget. And it just naturally makes sense to have your license in Virginia yeah. and West Virginia. So long story short, it was my wife, Erica, who said, why, why is that your hang up? Why are you not starting your own company? Because you're just waiting um, to either get your West Virginia license or not getting it. And why would you even potentially like maybe start your own company and then pay another West Virginia broker to hang your license with them? You just need to suck it up and go get your West Virginia broker's license. So I finally did that and it was the summer of 2018, got my West Virginia broker's license 
And then a month or two later, I hadn't chatted with Dave about that. I didn't even tell him that I did that. Yeah. He called me and he said, I think it's time. And I said, <laughs> well, I think it's time now too. Yes. I just passed my West Virginia license and first try. Uh, yes. Woohoo. Yeah. Congrats. Now the West Virginia, I mean, that's another whole thing. The testing is, <laughs> is crazy. I'm going through that right yeah. now. Actually. Testing is crazy. Yeah. Um, but so it just made sense. That was September, 2018 when we realized now is the time. So it sounds like it was meant to be. Um, so I guess I know you interview and again, this is saying the boss role, um, which I guess is technically not politically correct, ah, but I funny. mean, you're the boss. man. Sure, that's what sure. I tell people. But um, so when you bring in new agents, what are you looking for when you interview them? I know a lot of brokerages say the agents interviewing the broker. <laughs> right. Um, I personally felt a little bit different here. I think that Icon's a little bit more specific about they're not trying to get uh, quantity over or quality over quantity versus a lot of a lot of other brokerages. I think want as much as they can. We want the quality. Um, we don't necessarily need the quality. That's what I'm saying. Yes. So I'm saying gotcha. it's the opposite. The other, uh -huh. the other brokerages, I feel like just want as many as they can get. Yeah. And Icon, I think, is taking a different approach. So what, what's your thought process behind that, and why are you looking for quality over quantity? Yeah, I, again, I'd come from two different agencies before I, before we started Icon. One was a big franchise quantity kind of company. Mm -hmm. The second was a small locally owned, individually owned quantity or qu quality kind of company. Right. Um, and, and so I had experience of both and I've seen successes in both and I've seen failures in both. And I realized that for me, obviously if I start my own company, um, yes, you could, I could have pursued, um, a big time, franchise company that I would pay into to allow them to help me kickstart a company that could have been the case. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, and that franchise model, I researched one or two, that franchise model would have challenged me to go get as many agents as possible. Mm -hmm. And then the way that the, the local broker would have been making money is the quantity of agents mm -hmm. because you're, but you're still paying franchise fees. I instantly shut that down. Um, and so then therefore I'm like, okay, I'm gonna start my own. And um, do I really have the capacity? So first of all, just think of sheer numbers. Do I have the capacity as one person to manage uh, 15, 20, 30 people? No, I don't. So we knew when Dave and I were talking, he came from a very similar background where he first started for a big local franchise and then jumped and went to a small firm, um, locally owned brokerage. So we, we have similarities in, in our paths and we both knew that if we were to start our own company, we wanted it to be our own. We wanted to be a hundred percent owners, not paying a franchise and we wanted to keep it small. And so keeping it small to us meant to find key quality agents as at the end of iconic talk, we always say experienced, innovative, personal, dedicated, available. Those are, those are key words that have always stuck out in my mind that I want in an agent. And, and so we were looking for just a couple of key agents to start out with knowing that a, I'm not gonna be able to manage 
tons of agents right yeah. away because like I said before, jumping ship is challenging. Jumping ship and starting your own company is challenging and then trying to maintain your client base as well. So um, needing people to be able to be self-motivated, um, experienced right away. Um, we didn't take on brand new agents very early on yeah. because we knew that we didn't have the capability of that. It wasn't until a year or so after we started the company where we realized, okay, now we're able to take on people who want to get into the business. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's really the phases of, this is kind of less about real estate, but more about just opening any business. You have to have a business plan and you have to have a model of like what you want your growth to look like. I feel like over the first few years of our company, we really hit the targets that we were shooting for. Mm -hmm. um, knowing that we needed slow growth, we, we've brought on a few agents at a time and then we started to bring on newer agents and then mentor and train them. And so the quality of people for us was far greater than attempting to try to bring on as many people as possible. And there are other local firms that have done that, that are franchises that have already the infrastructure and the branding and the logos and all the things done for you. It's like a kit. That's what you get out of a franchise. Right? It's also a lot of rules. When a I look at a lot of, <laughs> yes. and right? a lot of rules, a lot of, you know, you have to have this color exactly mm -hmm. on this shirt. You can't have, yeah. We And so both Dave and I have a very entrepreneur-like mentality and uh, we don't like to be told what to do, Yeah, you know? And we don't want to tell agents what to do there's there's going to be certain rules that everybody has to abide by yeah. and basic parameters but he he was a rule breaker at his old company you know and I could see and that. tried to do <laughs> things differently and brand himself differently and they didn't like it and market things differently and um you know so both he and I appreciate that mentality and so as we bring on agents we want to allow that kind of entrepreneurial mindset to flourish and yeah. not not really dampen it at all um, and with quality over quantity i feel like there's almost a mutual respect here that you trust yeah that you give us the basic guidelines but i think that you know none of us are going to go do something like super unhinged or right um and, questionable and so to the you know what is what does the agency matter and i've always said that to any of my clients i'm like it doesn't matter who i work for what matters is, do you like me as a realtor? Do you yeah. like me as a person and can you trust me and I can get the job done? It doesn't matter if I work for ERA or Long Foster or Keller Williams or Remax. You know, if, if agents overly sell and overly promote who they work for, mm -hmm. they're leaning too much on that franchise or on that firm to assist them in making money and getting the transaction done. Yeah. They should be leaning on themselves. They should be leaning on their own personality, their own skills, their own expertise. Don't tell me that like if Remax had commercials on the Super Bowl, that that's going to really benefit here lo <laughs> us locally. I mean, it, it might, but you could repost it on your Instagram story, you, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And so the the larger big franchises who will will say that yes, there's. Um, a benefit to you, the client, because of their company, I think they're missing the mark. And, and, um, I, and, yes. and I think that it's really, it should be all about 
the person who you're hiring. And yes, we, we talked about how, yeah, you, if it's Madison Kilmer that you're hiring, yeah, you are still working for Icon Real Estate. I get that. But you're going to be interacting specifically with Madison. You're going to be interacting specifically to have her give you the suggestions and advice and all the transaction tools that it takes to get to closing. It's not going to be the firm. Yeah. And it's not going to be, you're not going to sell your house because there's an Icon Real Estate commercial, you know, that's promoting it. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be because Madison is promoting it. So Dave and I have both always had that entrepreneurial mindset that it's about the people and not about the company. And so we didn't want to create this big conglomerate company that um, is so independent but and, and de dependent um, for agents to rely on to help their business. And that's part of where we want those experienced and available and committed, dedicated people um, because they also need to be motivated to help people out. So yeah. what that means to you, the general public, when you're hiring somebody from Icon, you're getting somebody who is gonna give you their full personal attention and not overly sell them, sell the company they work for, but they're gonna be helping you sell or buy your house. All right, well. What do you think? It was a lot. Yeah. And I honestly wanted to know the answers to most of those questions. Yeah. So I was very excited to do Good, it. good. Um, so moving on to some local events, mm -hmm. we do have some really exciting stuff coming up this summer, um, especially next week. So we've got the Hot Blossom Craft and Beer Festival. This is the 10th annual event that will be held on June 10th, the 23rd in the Old Town Winchester cool. Walking Mall from 12 to 6, focusing on craft beer, education, and exposing participants to the growing popularity and love of great craft beer. This will feature 40 plus breweries, local vendors, and so much more. And you can buy your tickets online. There's always drinking things happening around here, there but is. this is one of the good ones, I think. And it's going to be amazing weather, right? I oh, mean, yeah. This weekend's going to be, it's looking good in the next couple of days. So. And learning about more about craft beer, especially local. I love supporting local. And we have so many breweries, wineries, um, I think a couple distilleries too mm -hmm. coming in. Yep. Uh, but. It's crazy how much there is going on here now. Because I remember growing yeah. up in high school, I was like, oh, "Yeah, you've got to travel over the mountain. Uh -huh. This is horrible. And now I tell my friends that moved away, I'm like, the bar scene's actually okay. We are hopping And here. they laugh. And I'm yep. like, no. Yep. No pun intended. What else is there? <laughs> uh, we've got the Shenandoah Valley Potters and Brows. Uh, or browse pottery displays in the show and sale organized by the Shenandoah Pottery or Potters Guild. Hmm. Special pottery demonstrations from 1 to 2 will be offered on both days. Museum admissions not required for show and sale and demonstrations. Um, it does look like MSV admission fees apply to visit the gardens and galleries, and registration will not be required. But their gardens and galleries are amazing, so that's oh, just another added there. reason to show up there. Love it. And then finally, we've got the Kernstown Battlefield Association will comm commemorate the 160th anniversary of the Second Battle of Winchester. This occurred on June 13th through the 15th in 1863. Huh. The four will begin with an overview, or the tour will begin with an overview followed by five stops on the battlefield where you'll hear detailed descriptions and be able to view the walk on the terrain which you, which the initial engagements of this three-day battle occurred. So that's on Sunday from 10 to 2 yes. at the Kernstown Battlefield. Wow. That's, that's a lot of cool stuff happening around here. So you've got a pottery show, you've got a battlefield tour, you've got 
a, a bar, a kind of craft beer experience downtown. And that's just three things. There's plenty of other things happening. That's a huge here in scale Winchester, too. Frederick County. I think yeah. anybody could like one of those, if not all three. Right. You I mean, that's for everybody. Might as well. That's something to do this weekend. Well, thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Iconic Talk. I hope you learned something. And I know Madison had even more questions. Maybe we can get to some other time, some other day, some other place. But look forward to sharing more with you next week. Remember, when you look for a real estate professional, and this doesn't, this doesn't always make sense every time we end this episode, but today, I think it does. Look, make sure they're experienced, innovative, personal, dedicated, and available. Yes. We appreciate you spending some of your valuable time with us, and we would love it if you would take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast with some of your friends. You can tell them that we can be found on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yep. Thanks to our editor extraordinary, Samantha Tawia. And until next time, think iconic. Iconic.